Hello everyone and welcome to episode 6 of Wake Up With Rooster, where we provide new perspectives on topics large and small. Today we're talking about the holiday season during the coronavirus pandemic and what to do with our dang kids. I am your host, Rooster. As always, I want to thank you for your continued support. I never take for granted a single play. I also hope you are all individually doing very well. I know that many people are going through a very rough time right now. But that brings us to our topic today. It is the very beginning of the winter season, but we are in full-fledged holiday mode. Christmas is very close, depending on when you're listening to this. It just passed, but people are traveling, people are visiting family. Many of us have felt like we've been locked up for nine, ten months now. We're starting to get a little bit of cabin fever, but there's also been a huge surge in coronavirus cases and death. We've surpassed 325,000 deaths. That is no small number. We've also had no shortage of other problems. Really, just about everybody is feeling the hurt in some way or another. But with that being said, I still have a little bit of an issue with this phrase, this slogan of, we're all in this together. Because the truth is, we're really not. Our problems and our situations vary so widely that we're not all really experiencing the same reality and we're not experiencing the same pandemic. Not only are our situations different in the pandemic, our roles are different and we're all having to change our lives in different ways. I don't think I'm saying anything that people don't know already, but people sure aren't acting like they understand that concept. I feel like I'm just seeing a bunch of anger and a bunch of hate towards other people because we're all out here trying to protect our own interests. And I know we're all trying to practice some empathy right now and some compassion. And I know that you can do both while still protecting yourself and still looking out for yourself. In fact, everyone needs to look out for themselves. It's just a vital part of self-care. But I don't think that needs to come at the expense of compassion and empathy. Right now we have healthcare workers that are strained and overworked. We have businesses that are about to go under with people's livelihoods about to be lost. We have children that have been out of school for nearly a year. We have elderly people who haven't been able to see their families in months. And the truth is, before the pandemic, they probably weren't getting a lot of visits already. Along with a wide range of problems people are struggling with, we are seeing a wide range of behaviors, extremes on both ends. People want to kiss strangers out in the street. Other people want to wear a mask during a Zoom session. It's a very scary time. We're all struggling. And that usually doesn't bring out the most reasonable responses from people. It's not when people become the most rational. And that's really led to a lot of poor behavior. That's why I'm going to try to be somewhat reasonable here. I know that's not something that's usually well received in this world. But I do want to take a little bit of a look at 
the situation with our kids and with schools and what we're supposed to be doing with them. Now, I remember at the beginning of this pandemic, maybe as early as April, May, when a bunch of people were coming out and they started talking about the cure being worse than the disease in regards to lockdowns. Now, at the time, we had only been locked down for a few weeks and people were just really being kind of whiny babies about it. Yeah, I mean, I wish I could come up with something better, but I mean, they were just really whining and kind of being wusses. Like it was just that hard to have to see their families for a few weeks in a row. But that was when we were only a few weeks in. Now we're nine, ten months in. That's a very long time for kids to go without their normal social interactions. And if we keep continuing on this path, eventually we are going to hit the point where the cure is worse than the disease. This is becoming especially difficult with cases and deaths rising so quickly. But the good thing is we've learned a ton in the past year. We have promising vaccines coming out and being distributed. We've learned how to stay safe, how to stay clean. We're much better at treating the disease now. So it does look like there is some light at the end of the tunnel. But until we have everything open again and until things are truly safe, we are going to have to make our own decisions and think for ourselves and calculate what's best for our own families and our own communities. Luckily, I was able to secure a guest to discuss just that. So I have here a very special guest. Right now, I can't get a hold of a lot of people because of the pandemic and a lot of people are quarantining, but I was lucky enough to find somebody who was willing to put their face close to my face. <laughs> That's my quarantine buddy, my wife, Emily. Hello. And we're here to talk a little bit about our, about our son and kids in general. It's pretty much all we do. Emily has a little bit of a background in child development. In high school, I was an intern for a fifth grade class, and I even got college credit for it. I always thought I wanted to be a teacher, so I started down that path uh, pretty young. I've worked with kids for forever, specifically special needs kids, and then I started my associate's program um, as an early childhood development major, and then I switched it to sociology, but... I still have tons of experience and still continue to take classes in that field. So in this household, we are all about kids and how to teach them, um, how to help them grow, how to help them develop. And that's especially been hard for people during the pandemic, especially with parents who have to keep their kids home. They're not being able to play with their friends and socialize the way they're, they're used to. So... We know that's a challenge. It's been a challenge in our household. We've been lucky that daycares are open. And we made the decision to put our son in daycare. Um, yeah, I mean, that was after his daycare got closed, which was, you know, scary and also felt like the right thing. But also, what the heck are we going to do with our toddler if he can't go to school? And we loved his school. Um, they were fabulous. And so it was kind of heartbreaking. Why did you choose to put him 
in a daycare right now in the middle of a pandemic? Wow. Um, There's actually a lot of reasons. Like I said, when his daycare initially closed, I was okay with it. I was bummed, but it was scary. We didn't know what was happening with the virus. We didn't know how long things would last. We didn't know the impact on kids. So I understood being safer than sorry, right? Especially with your kids. Um, After a few months of him being home between a nanny and you staying with him, We knew that his social development was not where it should be, and he's a very social kid. We just saw signs of him not being able to interact with people the way that his personality (laughs) – that's him in the background (laughs) – um, the way his personality is designed. So the social was a huge one for us. And then, of course, um, we can't fill all his educational needs. I mean, we can try to help them as much as possible, but anybody with kids kind of knows that they'll take direction better from others, and they kind of need to learn from other adults and other people. They need to learn from other kids, and that's something that we just couldn't do with him at home. And I also remember you mentioning germs, because we're trying to avoid germs, right? No, I mean, yes, we're trying to avoid COVID germs, but germs help kids. Kids need to build their immune systems. They play in the dirt. They play with other kids, and that's okay. That's exactly what they're supposed to be doing, their little bodies are supposed to be doing. Um, And once we learned more about COVID and the impact it has on kids or doesn't have on kids, um, as much at least, it became a lot safer to put the needs of other germs and socializing and education ahead of this fear of COVID. Uh, For the record, though, we take it very seriously. This isn't about being reckless with the virus or ignoring it, but it's about calculations. It's about risk calculation. And that's why we made that calculation to put him in, and we realized that that was going to be a lower risk. Um, since he's been in daycare though, we've changed our habits a little bit, right? Yeah. So we saw, um, our pod and we would kind of rotate between people we'd see and then not see people for two weeks and then see other people. Um, we've kind of stopped that because he is in school and we don't want him to have to be pulled out of school and, or him, make someone else sick but when we're looking for centers once we decided this was the path we were going to take um in august so months into the pandemic i made sure to ask right away what their precautions were so his school the teachers wear masks no parents are allowed in we drop them off with an adult um, that works at the daycare they do temperature checks every single day a questionnaire um, and they have professional cleaners come every night they have like their own separate sheets that they get for nap time that they wash so they're doing what they can to keep these kids safe but ultimately it's safer to have him there in a smaller consistent group um, playing on that playground than it is to let him roam around the community. I think with all of this, because we all have different needs, the messaging 
becomes very difficult to get across for everybody because not everybody needs to be following the exact same rules because some people have family they need to see. Um, others have underlying conditions. Some people have kids. Some people have to work on the front lines and work in the public. So it's a very different situation for everybody. We all have different mental health needs as well. So this isn't about being reckless. And it's also not about sacrificing your entire well-being to make this easier for others. We can care about others. We can show empathy. But, I mean, we can be reasonable, right? Absolutely. And the decision we made isn't the right decision for everyone. Um, Our work situations allow this to happen as well. Right now, you are mostly working from home, have minimal contact with anybody. I work in an office by myself. So our exposure is only through him going to school. The benefit of him going to school outweighs the risks as we understand them at this point. So that was the best decision for us, and it currently is. And I'm okay if that has to change. What about the holidays? A lot of holiday gatherings have been discouraged. Um, Not having a ton of households meet together. But again, is there a way to kind of be safe when doing this? I mean, we have plans to see people, right? Yeah, we do. Um, I, th- At least for us, the number one precaution is not being around people who are vulnerable. So we aren't seeing our older family members. Um, we aren't seeing anyone who has underlying conditions. And we are limiting the number of households we're around. So um, – total over the holidays we're seeing three households that have all also taken COVID seriously and taken necessary precautions. When other people put in the necessary precautions that we're putting in, I think we feel a lot safer with them. And I think that's the message that we're not really getting across in the public, that there's a way to do these things. If you want to see people, Go see people, but, you know, we actually need to earn it now. We don't get to just do things. If you want to see family, you might have to take the precautions of isolating for a week, maybe two weeks, but that's really just the price we have to pay. And I know that we're making a lot of these or making a lot of these sacrifices for our son so he can see people, so he can see his family. Of course, we want to make sure everybody's safe. Uh, We want to keep people alive, but we also have to remember what makes life worth living. Absolutely. Um, I think that it's important to really understand what's going on so you yourself can make the right decisions. Um, One of my biggest pet peeves is people not being transparent right now. So if we have someone who wants to see us or vice versa, I think it's only fair to tell them all the people you've been around and then they can make an informed decision for themselves and their families. Yeah, right now seeing people almost feels like promiscuous sex. You kind of have to check in with people and get their history before you, you know, 
get really close. Of course, if it's a stranger, you know, mask it up, right? So there are ways to do this. I know the messaging kind of gets muddled because we take everything to the extreme. But I think we need to get back to thinking. We need to get back to decision making. We need to calculate our risks. We need to think about others. We have to remember that everybody's going through their own struggles right now. And we also have to remember that everything we do affects other people. And right now during a pandemic with, a, with an airborne disease, that's especially true. But I think if we can remember that, we're going to do a lot better. Well, I want to say thank you so much for coming all the way out to see me <laughs> and be a guest on my podcast. Anytime. It's about time you had a woman on here. Very true. This podcast has been dominated by male voices uh, since the very beginning. And I'll, I'll take note and make sure that uh, we change that a little bit. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, that's a little insight for you on how we make decisions in our household. I hope that's helpful to other people as they try to make decisions on what's best for their family. There's definitely a lot of guilt. There's a lot of anxiety. Everybody's feeling a little bit different about this. Everybody wants to look good in front of other people as well. Nobody wants to deal with uh, harsh criticisms or judgments. To that, I just have to say, remember that everybody's going through their own situation. We have to be forgiving and understanding when people don't do the things that we want them to. And we also have to be understanding towards the people that are unhappy with our decisions. I know that I'm not angry at parents that want schools to open. I'm not angry at teachers that don't feel safe and want to keep them closed. I'm not angry at those who own salons who want to be open and I don't blame healthcare workers for wanting everything to shut down people are just out there fighting for their own interests and we can't fault people for that because we're doing the same thing and we should be it's just unfortunate that many of us have conflicting interests and while we can all look at the government and talk about what they should be doing especially when we want it to curb other people's behaviors it really doesn't matter because Congress isn't doing that. The government isn't doing that. You want people to stay closed? You say we should be taking care of them? Well, we probably should. But since we're not, we're all trying to make the best of this and we're all just trying to make our own decisions and protect our families. And I know I already said there's no policy that can really be an umbrella for everybody. But here's just a few things, just a few suggestions that I have. Um, and first off, I want to say that I was very pleased with Governor Gavin Newsom's response at the beginning of this pandemic. He was one of the more proactive leaders. He's one of the guys who really got it right, especially when the federal government got it so wrong. But after this amount of time, I think he has been running short on some ideas. He's becoming a little bit desperate. And I'm not 100% sure that new lockdowns are going to be that effective. So I just want to point out that when we put in policy, policy shouldn't be about idealism. Policy is about influencing and affecting people's behaviors. 
And when a policy doesn't do what you want it to do, then you need to scrap that policy, even if it sounds great in theory or if it is the ideal way to solve a problem. And since people have been in lockdown mode for so long, these policies aren't really helping. So instead of shutting things down, I have a crazy idea, open a lot of things up, tell stores to extend their hours, not shorten their hours, so that people can spread out. Because when more and more things are getting cut off from us, we're all getting funneled and concentrated into smaller and smaller spaces. When there's nowhere to go as a family, when there's nothing open, when there's no business to attend or patron that has the capacity to social distance and implement safety measures, and instead you go to a family member's house, you've increased your risk. So I know it sounds crazy, but I want people to think about the possibility of certain businesses expanding and opening up even more. Of course, when we do this, people still need to be smart. I think that's an issue with the policies and with the tiers is that when we started opening up, people started feeling comfortable and thought that meant things were safe. They started uh, being a little more reckless and that led to a surge. If you take into account that type of thinking, then yes, tightening restrictions would scare people into staying home. Unfortunately, I don't think that's happened. People are going everywhere. They're visiting. They're not taking any safety precautions. So I do think it's just something to consider. Also, it's just going to make things a lot easier with the kids. Hopefully uh, help with their mental health, help with their development, and hopefully avoid some huge problems down the line. I'm really just out here begging people to be thoughtful, to be considerate, to critically think. Remember, if you're just being reckless and you're just visiting people and you never wear a mask, you're essentially the same as a drunk driver. You're no better than a drunk driver. But if you are isolating to the extreme and you're hiding your family and you're tucking your kids away and not letting them outside, well, then you're no better than that old lady who tries to merge on the freeway at 25. She thinks she's being extra safe, but we know that that's a very dangerous move. So please be smart out there. Be safe. Okay, guys, now time for my favorite segment, my unpopular opinion. We know that the world is still very divided. If we can agree on anything, it's that my opinions suck. So today, I'm letting everyone know. Sloppy Joes, a delicious, delicious meal, are not to be made on hamburger buns. No, a proper Sloppy Joe is made in a hot dog bun. And then the Joe is not that sloppy. I know this is an unpopular opinion because I've tried to spread this beautiful piece of information and it has not picked up. You guys are crazy for still wanting your sloppy Joe on a hamburger bun. All right. Sorry. Not sorry. Have a great day. Sorry.